I invite you to remain standing as you are able as we hear from the Gospel of our Lord, from the Gospel of John in the 10th chapter, beginning with verse 22 through 30. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to follow along using whatever form of Bible you have. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all ouch and no one can snatch it out of my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. This is the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Join me in prayer. May the words of my mouth, the thoughts, the meditations of each of our hearts be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer, the resurrection, the hope, and yes, even the family of God. Amen. Many of you know that one of my favorite pastimes is studying genealogy. I have a membership at Ancestry.com. I have a membership at MyHeritage.com. I have a membership at MyFamilyDNA.com. And I have a membership at JewishGen.com for that Jewish side of me. Since 2000, I have been searching diligently to put together my biological family and, and my adopted family. I believe this drive for such family has been because I have needed to create a family. Not a family like the cleavers of days gone old, or not even an emotional family like the this is us triplets, but a family that I can be a part of because I am wanted. A family I can be a part of because I want to be. And by some miracle, they do want me. You see, we live in a time when family is a word or a fixture that has lost its prominence in our culture or our time. The homogeneous family of the early 1900s and beyond saw great changes for sure. Some of those changes were for good, and some of those changes were not so good. But still, the family of those errors past seemed to have hung together. It's quite different today. The family unit finds a struggle in staying together in the curtain error. It gets harder and harder, it seems, with every generation. Families back then included extensions such as grandma and grandpa, aunt and a couple cousins or more, all living under the same roof. 
Families, on the average, have developed into 2.5 kids, a dog, a cat, and some other furry mammal. Families in that era always seemed to eat dinner together, even if they shifted from the table to TV tables in front of the television eating Swanson TV dinners. They spent time together, and they made it pretty much, so it appears, unscathed. But times have changed. We now put grandma and grandpa in nursing and care facilities. We now consider our option of creating the perfect one kid at a time, right time, right environment. Or we simply just to choose to have fur babies instead. They're a whole lot easier. We now may eat together still, but every member has a handheld device. And so they're really not together around the table. Now don't hear this as a judgment or the ramblings of an old man, because that's not true but it is a simple fact of current life. Changes in the family unit are everywhere and in every form. Some are good, some are difficult. None of this means that there isn't love still in the family. It's just different today. The painful truth is that there are some who have been shunned or cast away from their families. For one reason or another, you, you are aware of those reasons. Families fall apart because marriages don't always last. They fall apart because parenting is a difficult thing to grasp hold of. It doesn't come with an instruction manual. Children want to be free, more free, most free than they have in years past, it seems. The current culture has such black and white and there is no room for gray, and we think about the family. And that black and white fractures the family so much. Families as a culture have been portrayed as a thing that is wonderful, but that is in the past. In fact, it is a great ordeal today to form a family, to find a family, to find life. And there is no life that is free of hardships or ordeals. Many people, like the Jewish opposition in this gospel lesson this morning, have trouble seeing the very hand of Christ in all of these changes to the family. We want Jesus to prove, once again, that the family is important with a simple solution. Like, let's just go back to the way it used to be. To the old ways. Let's just focus on the family. But this is not the way to go. It's not the way that we do business. We don't go back to the past and, and give each other stones in place of money. It's not how we do it in education with giving every child a, a slate board and a piece of chalk. It's not how we do it in healthcare by just cutting off a leg without anesthesia. It is definitely not how we do it in faith. We're called to grow, to change. That's what the gospel is about. And as difficult as it may seem, it's not how the family will survive by going back. We cannot go back to the way it used to be. Those days are gone. So how do we survive the ordeal of change? Jesus opens to us a new way, a better way, a way that causes us to believe. But unfortunately, 
We haven't believed him. We are prisoners of our past and of the way it has always been done. You do realize those seven words are the death knell of any church, any civilization, and I dare say the family. You know those seven words. We've always done it this way. Well, you can't anymore. We don't want to move forward is what that says. We don't want to embrace a future is what that says. We don't like change and we don't like things that are difficult. It's just an ordeal. As I've been looking for my family these 22 years, I've discovered that all along my family has been right around me the entire time. I shared with you during the Advent season about Luana Alderman, a faithful Roman Catholic neighbor of ours in the 60s who provided us Christmas when my mother refused. But there are so many others who along the way have stepped up and stepped in and have called me their child, their brother, their own. I remember Claudia Coker in my hometown and in my home church of Brandon, First United Methodist. Miss Coker took me in as one of her three boys. Her son Greg was my very best friend growing up. But I felt her love and protection for me was just as real as it was for Greg. There is Jeanette and Tommy Smith in Covington at the Salem United Methodist Church. They blessed their hearts, fed me every night for three years while I was in seminary and included me into their family circle. I'll never forget my mother-in-law, Peggy McGill, a cradle Methodist who embraced me as a son and refused to say I was a son-in-law because I had met and with all my heart fallen in love with her baby daughter. After we met at a Bible study at Aldersgate United Methodist in Augusta, there is Mac and Vicki Brantley, who I got to work with at Elberton First, who helped me to learn about ministry on the ground and helped me to grow up and feel unconditional love. I remember Tim and Amanda McBrayer in Moreland, Georgia, the home of Louis Grizzard. What was more important, it was the home of the Methodist church there where love abounded. And Tim and Amanda took my two boys and made them their grandchildren because you needed grandparents close by. Tom and Patty Lewis, Billy and Glenda Gamble, who prayed for my family in some of the darkest days while we lived in Cartersville and served the Faith United Methodist Church. And in Douglasville at Bright Star, there was Ken and Debbie Waldron, David and Lisa Crow, Tim and Cindy Buff, who embraced us as sister and brother and helped us raise our children right along with their children. Zor in Snellville was a place where Teresa Lilia, Phyllis Bridges, Lethel Thomason, and Richard and Wynne Norris drew us into a circle that was a family. Those who enveloped us like loving parents, loving siblings, loving friends also existed at McDonough. These were the most hugest of our families, I guess you could say, because they hoped for us and prayed for us and celebrated us. Names of people like Sally Chafin and Janice Price, Ron McKenzie, Gloria Thorpe, Scott Kesey, and many others 
pouring into our lives love, hope, family. It was there that I renewed at McDonough a friendship with Dale Smith and found a friend that has been closer than a brother who his entire family has wrapped their arms around us in these last many years and called us family. Friends, I believe this ordeal called life with all of its struggles, its headaches, its griefs, its illnesses, its losses, its lonelinesses has become passable and manageable because Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, has called us into his loving family. That's why the writer of Revelation understands you know who these people are. They're yours. You've called them to your, be your family. His holy embrace has given us the life that we have now, along with the promise of an eternal life. Not just for me, but for you, for everyone who is God's beloved child. All whom God calls family. The earthly family that we are given, while sacred and blessed for many people, is not the completed family that God has in mind for us ultimately. We attempt to address that as members of the church when our children come for baptism and we affirm that we, the people of this community of faith, will stand with this child, will pray with this child, will sing with this child, will teach them in Sunday school and Bible school, will see that they know who the love of Jesus is and who it comes from and to love all people, to accept all people, to serve all people. We say that at every baptism because we're family. This wonderful family of God. I'm assured that through faith this morning that no matter how deep the pain of the past of not being wanted by one family and suffering the abuse at the hand of another family, it is this family of God that wants me so much so that Jesus sealed the deal signed the adoption papers on the cross and by emptying a tomb on a day we call Easter. His way of giving that life is through His love for me, but not me alone. It's through giving His love to you as well. By placing us in the right sheep pen at the right time. Now many are going to have a hard time believing that. It's not what they could hope for, they think. But even at this Eastertide season, we find that the church is engaged in opposition and unbelief and turmoil. It's a failures, it's its shortcomings, all being aired out in the news and social media for everyone to see. I'm reminded of the words of Dr. Fred Craddock, who was my homiletics professor. He said, faith is a possibility for those who will to do the will of God. Although faith is a complex theme in this gospel, one theme is consistent. For those who stand back, arms folded, waiting to be convinced, final proof is never enough. But my friends, upon opening our hearts and entering the flock and hearing the voice of our shepherd, our eternal parent, faith of belonging takes hold and assures us did you notice that when I went through the litany of persons in my journey, associated with each one of them was a church. The church of Jesus Christ. 
and in particular the United Methodist Church, which has proven over and over again to be my family, my fellow sheep, all yearning together to hear the shepherd's voice, all covered, as the writer of Revelation says, by the blood of the same Lamb that says His words in Revelation. The church of Jesus Christ is these people, this family of God. Yes, the big C church. It's not perfect. But neither is the local church perfect by any means. We're just a family full of relatives. Some of us got it, and some of us are crazy as bedbugs. Even in our own United Methodist family. Currently, we struggle to find a way to divorce because some just can't hear the voice of the shepherd anymore. This ordeal, another ordeal of life, may break us. But our faith tells us that we are to remain strong and secure in the family of God where the worship of God can be unceasing, where physical deprivation is no more in the presence of the one who loves us most our shepherding parent is always with us, wrapping the arms of God around us. Regardless of it all, we are invited, my friends, to be a part of God's family. And there is only one requirement, so it seems, and that requirement is that we hear the voice that calls us to come on home. Just like growing up in the 60s and Maybe some of the 70s, definitely the 50s, you hit it. You could play outside all around the neighborhood until the twilight hours hit and the lights came on and you heard a voice calling you home from a beloved parent who you knew wanted to wrap their arms around you, provide you a safe environment, perhaps give you a warm meal, bless your life. All we need to do is come home when God calls. Come home to the family of God. For the Lord is at the center of this family. The Lamb will be our shepherd and will guide us to the springs of living waters through the great ordeals of daily living. This life might just be great hardship for many or great ordeals, but hearing this scripture tells us that by listening to the voice of our Christ, we cannot be snatched from the hands of our parent. That alone should help you build faith and give you joy. We stand strong in the end, surrounded by a host of others who have loved us and encouraged us, others who have claimed us, and as we claim them as family, mother, brother, father, sister, friend, Others who prayed for us and suffered with us in our darkest moments. Others who have helped lead us to the springs of living waters. And to the one who promises us eternal life. The long ordeal of life is accomplished and accompanied by this spiritual family of choice. This choice that will never let us down. My friends, on this festival of the Christian Home Sunday, on Mother's Day, where the family is on every heart, I'm grateful that God, through Christ, has provided a family for me all along the way, even if I didn't see it. And so, my friends, 
On this day of family, I invite you to remember your family called St. Mark. Know beyond a shadow of a doubt that St. Mark loves you, accepts you, and desires to serve you with the heart of Jesus Christ. To do this through every ordeal of your whole life long. And ours becomes the promise that we will survive. Survive to the glory of God for all time. Thanks be to God. In the name of parent God, brother Christ, and the God-parent spirit. Amen.